It's time for exciting, thundering herd football action on the worldwide leader of martial athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Let's go live to Jonesy Edwards Stadium for the call of today's thundering herd contest. And good morning and welcome out to Jonesy Edwards Stadium. As today, the Marshall Thundering Herd will take on the Georgia State Panthers on Senior Day. I'm Justin Zimmer. Ben Cowers coming right up. For Marshall last weekend against Georgia Southern, they got their one-two punch back at running back. Rashid Ali made his first appearance of the season. And Charles Huff this week talked about how having Ali and Laburn back together as a one-two punch creates more balance for the Marshall offense. However, the team that Marshall gets today, Georgia State, they're a team that, look, 4-7. and seven, It'll be the first time since Sean Elliott's taken over since 2019. Georgia State will not be going to a bowl game. And so right now for Georgia State, it's a different atmosphere than they've been used to, at least with the card with regards to going to a bowl game. So right now for Georgia State and Marshall, Marshall clinched bowl eligibility last weekend. They get one more bowl game this year. They don't know where they're going yet. They'll find that out in a couple weeks. So one final time this season, I'll look to my left. Ben Cowell comes sliding on in here. So, Ben, this is interesting game for Marshall. You know, we, we, we were waiting for Rasheen Ali all season. You know, we didn't really know the timeline with him. He comes back, kind of surprised to everybody that he was coming back. They didn't tell anybody that he was coming back. You know, and, and Charles Huff last week, you know, with Marshall and Georgia Southern, they got their one-two punch back, and it really, they, it was, the offense was a lot balanced. You look at the carries, and the offense much more balanced out last week. It was what this team was expecting from the get-go, before the Ali injury to begin this season, you know. And it was, uh, best things are surprises in life, aren't they? And then, of course, Rasheen Ali, surprise, he starts, and then it was a, an electric one-two punch. You get Ali back immediately. Immediately he was effective. Kalen Labron also, I mean, he's still number 10 in the nation. So obviously you have a guy who was top 10 in the nation last year. You have a guy who's top 10 in the nation this year. You pair them together, and what do you know? It's an electric combo. So by design, you know, Charles Huff has this long history of having recruiting such great running backs and having fostering such great running back talent. Once again, he's done that now, as albeit at the end of the season, Rasheen Ali, he's back. Kalen Lambert, he's still going, still doing great. And as it heads into bowl season, hey, Marshall is at full strength finally with its running back core. Yeah, they're at full strength. Talk about Georgia State. Now, we, I mentioned it just a couple seconds ago. Georgia State will not be going to a bowl game. First time in multiple years since 2019. They're not going to a bowl game. Sean Elliott was interesting this week when talking to, when talking to us. He talked about, you know, just because Georgia State's not going to a bowl game, you know, the attitude would be okay, you know, get some freshmen. And he said, no, we're coming to Huntington. We're coming to win. Oh, certainly. And uh, Coach Sean Elliott, he has some experience winning here in Huntington. He was a defensive end for App State. Went 3-1 and one against Marshall between 1992 and 95. Won twice in Huntington and once in Boone. But, hey, he won 37-34 to 34 here for App State here at the Joan. It was the first ever home loss for Marshall here at the Joan. And I'm sure... Coach Sean Elliott, who has, through his entire season, this is 26th season as a head coach in D1 football, and he has won, he has a winning season in 22 of them, and this is not one of them, Justin. This is rare air for Coach Sean Elliott, and of course, he wants to close off the season with a victory. Most recently, before becoming Marshall's new athletic director, you were at Pittsburgh, WDAD there. 
what previous experiences, maybe mainly just Pitt or even the other stops throughout your college journey, helped you kind of realize you were ready to take this step forward and become an, an athletic director? You know, I was really fortunate early in my career to have an athletic director exit uh, the institution that I was serving. At Northern Illinois, uh, our, our athletic director, we went to the Orange Bowl and the AD, Jeff Confer, got recruited away to go to East Carolina. And I spent six months as the interim athletic director making quite a few decisions. And that was really important and impactful for my preparedness. And then Heather got the pit job and I spent three months at Eastern as the interim athletic director. So, you know, I almost had a year under my belt mm -hmm. um, understanding what it was going to be like. And so I, that, that has served me really well. We talk about being the full-time AD for the first time. You know, you came into this job. There was a lot of turmoil. You know, the conference just say something. You inherited that day one. That did get settled after you started. But what, what was your priority day one? Like, let's let's put out the biggest flame first. Let's try to get this result. But also, you had a baseball team. Yeah. The night before you got officially started, was out tweeting, complaining about their facilities. Yeah. How was day one inheriting that situation? Because it was an interesting dynamic between you starting and then. It's seen there were problems starting to pop up everywhere. Right, yeah. It, everywhere you look, there's a, a fun little issue to manage, right? And, you know, the conference realignment was, Justin, you're spot on. I mean, we were in the thick of it right at that point. I, I just had this overwhelming confidence that the people who had been managing it from the start, Jeff O'Malley, our president, our general counsel's office, that it would end up in a good place, right? The, it's, those things can go sideways, but it didn't. And it didn't because there's too much goodwill in college athletics for it to become something uh, other than it, what has happened, a really exit, grace, a gracious exit out of Conference USA into the Sun Belt. And now we're full-fledged members. So that got managed at a really high level. And I knew it would. I just had the sense that it would. The baseball stadium is a little bit more complex. It just is. There's just been a lot of iterations, a lot of conversations, a lot of time put into multiple sites. Um, a transition in leadership, uh, both at the president's level and at the board level and at the athletic director level. Um, so now we're sort of regrouping and finding what is the best alternative for us. We've done a lot of due diligence on that, Justin. And when we are ready to present something formally to the board, we will. Uh, and I'm confident they'll respect the due diligence we did, and, and we'll get moving on that really quickly. Before we kind of ask you a little bit about the, the Sun Belt, the baseball field, and all those kind of logistical things, yeah. did that scare you when you were interviewing for this job? Because you probably heard, had heard the news, okay, Marshall's going to the Sun Belt. Did, did you have any fear of, you know, am I ready to take on all of this because there is so much going on? And when you sometimes have a new athletic director take over, you don't always have so much thrown on one plate at one time. Yeah, you, you know what, I'm, I'm so energized by solving problems. That's just what I like to do. For whatever reason, the way I'm wired is give me something that needs to be remedied and let me go out and try to find the remedy. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just love that part of the job. So it's rare to be energized by, by decision-making and problems and things to be, that need to be solved. Um, but I get to curious really quick, try to figure out what the right thing to do is, and then make a decision and go. Right, and, and it, t it tends to be effective. We'll start off with the Sunbelt Conference with logistics. Yeah. That's now finalized. It's July 1st, the first day. The Sunbelt Conference came in last week, had an orientation visit. Just overall, what has been the initial relationship with you, starting to build a relationship with Keith Gill, leadership in the Sunbelt Conference, and how, in that meeting last week? Yeah, I was super fortunate to have known Keith throughout my career and, and gotten to know him pretty well over the years. He was unable to attend the meeting. 
but him and I have talked a, a number of different times on the phone via text, and we're going to see each other on the uh, on the circuit that happens during the summer when we go to conventions and conferences. Uh, so I look forward to those conversations. They're so excited to have Marshall in that league. I think our profile enhances the Sun Belt significantly. This is a great institution in a great location with really good student athletes that perform in the classroom. And when you put that dynamic into their league, we make them better. And, and I think they're thrilled to have Marshall in the league. So it couldn't have gone better. The Marshall University softball team is set to begin its 2022 season with high expectations. Head coach Megan Smith-Lyon enters her fourth season with the Herd and is eager to get a new season underway. This is always an exciting time, you know, new season, new players, new team, you know, and I think what's most exciting is, uh, you know, last year was such a troubled year in regards to COVID and how it had affected everything in the fall and preparation and, and even our spring, we, uh, we got delayed a few weeks and even starting our season last year because of COVID. So, you know, we're excited that we've had a great fall. Um, we've gotten back to a little bit of our normalcy, our normal routine. Um, we're excited that we're all healthy right now, knock on wood, and we're ready to go. Marshall finished the 2021 season with a 20-13 and 13 record. Despite also playing two games in the Conference USA Tournament, the Herd played fewer games last season than any other league team due to COVID and scheduling restrictions. Fifth-year senior Allie Harrell says it may be challenging getting back to playing a full 56-game schedule. I definitely think it will be a challenge. I don't think it will be necessarily hard, but it will definitely be something different on our bodies compared to last year. And I think that we'll really have to take care of our bodies. It's a lot more than you ex like expect it to be, so I think it's always hard to get through the endurance. Even for people who have been here like me like five years, it's still kind of a new thing every single year. Harrell leads a strong group of returning players for the Thundering Herd. Joining Harrell on the preseason All-Conference USA team are fellow senior hitters Sage Pye and Maya Stevenson. The trio combined to hit 24 home runs and drive in 72 runs a season ago. Hitting probably will be our, our most highlighted strength. We return Sage Pye, Maya Stevenson, Allie Harrell. Katie Adams. We returned some unbelievable hitters this year. Uh, you know, our offense was great last year, and we returned those main pieces again, and we've added to it. So I think the offense is going to be a huge highlight. It is not just the hitting that will make this Marshall softball team one to reckon with this season. Marshall returns several other experienced players, senior outfielder Grace Chelleman, infielder Armani Brown, and catcher Katie Adams. In the circle, the Herd returns its top pitcher from a season ago in redshirt junior Kaylee Joyce, as well as relievers Ashley Blesson and Brianna McCown. Coach Smith-Lyon believes the team has more balance and will be solid in all three phases of the game. I see our strengths in every area. Our pitching staff has improved. Our returners have put in work and have really worked on improving their games. We've added Sidney Nestor and Bub Faringa, who I think both will add to, a, to the success of our pitching staff. And then, you know, defensively, we losing Sierra at shortstop was a big loss, but I think Witt's ready. She's, uh, she looks great. She's stepped up, and I think she's ready to fill those shoes. So, you know, I really think, although our hitting might get a lot of the press and a lot of the, uh, the action, Accolades. I really look to see bright spots in every area this year. Fifth-year senior Sage Pye says being really good in at least two of those three phases will be crucial to the team competing for a conference championship. Coach Smith always says that we need to have two out of three aspects of the game, and I think if we have that, 
that we're golden. I think we have a really good pitching staff this year. Um, our defense is excellent and our hitting is amazing. So I think there's nothing really stopping us from getting the, winning a championship. The Marshall softball team was picked to finish fifth in the conference this season as voted on by the league's coaches. The Herd will participate in five tournaments to open up the season with the first taking place this weekend at the Buzz Classic in Atlanta, Georgia. Marshall's first home game will be on March 4th against Purdue Fort Wayne, which will kick off the Marshall Round Robin. For FM 88 Sports, I'm Andrew Rogers. Ground ball, that's going to be up the middle. Henderson's got it in the base hit single for Autumn Owen. And Marshall will get a runner on early. Anytime you're facing a situation where you're down a run and you need to score, especially now in extra innings, getting that leadoff batter aboard is always a plus when you can get that leadoff batter aboard because now that opens up, I'll call it the playbook here for the herd because Coach Smith Lyon can can decide whether to sacrifice Bunny. That's what, what Whitaker will do. It's a fair ball. And Whitaker will sack bunt. That's going to move Owen up 60 feet. So it's going to be 10-9 still. So didn't have much time to go through that, but that's what that leadoff hit does, though. It sets up the ability to sacrifice, and now you've got a base hit into the gap or somewhere into the outfield can tie this softball game up, and you bring up a capable hitter in Katie Adams who's got two hits. And so good work from Whitaker to sacrifice, give up your bat to get Owen into scoring position. First pitch to Kitty Adams. High fly ball. Deep back to center field. Caught there by the center fielder. Got a tag up though for Owen. And Marshall will have a runner in scoring position with two outs. Man, oh man. Lauren Love had that home run in the seventh. Justin hit off the wall. That would have tied it. Uh, but golly, Katie Adams gave that one for a ride. And I think everybody at Todd Hicks Field slowly stood up because he thought it was going to leave the park but hey you got Owen to third and that guarantees any base hit she can score on here if Lauren Love is able to come through for the herd brings up Lauren and Lauren Love back up to the plate first pitch down low ball one Up high, ball two, two and zero. Charlotte can leave a runner, put a runner on first. Love on the day, three for three. That's gonna be a strike two and one. Up high, three and one. And I wouldn't be surprised if they put Love on here and, and try to face KK Kenny, who doesn't have a plate appearance today. Came on as a pinch runner, had to stay in the game because Armani Brown had already been sub substituted for once, already re-entered. You can re-enter multiple times. And that's going to be three and two. No, I take back what I said. I think they will pitch to her. I mean, 
A little surprised maybe just because she's three for three and has reached every time, but going right at the freshman. And Marshall down to their final strike. Down low, that's gonna be a walk. And that'll bring up KK Kenny. Let's return courtside to the Cam Henderson Center and the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network crew for more exciting Marshall women's basketball action. The second half begins now. Welcome back inside the Cam Henderson Center. Marshall basketball to begin the second half. Andrew Rogers, Justin Zimmer, glad to have you with us. Ryan Sirk on site with his courtside as our statistician. Big thanks to Ben Cowher for his scoreboard update as well as Mason Lamaster and Isaiah Waters for keeping us on the air back there in the studios and online as well. Dunham hands off to Wheeler. The second half is underway. Marshall up four. Both teams with a starting five out there to begin the second half. Furby top of the key looks inside now. Chest pass it back to Wheeler at the top of the key. Wheeler drives, pitches it left corner. Furby three, no, off the back of the iron. Defensive rebound corralled by Jed Wilson. Furby wide open there, just ball just right off the rim. And Andrews, you would say, finally hometown roll, not going, didn't go in. Charlotte turns it over on its first trip quickly back down the other way. Jed Wilson lost it in transition. And Marshall with the basketball back. Eighth Charlotte turnover. Furby inside to Colclaw, left-handed layup, good. Well executed, Colclaw had position. On the inside on Molina Williams, and Colclaw's got the first points of the second half. It's 18-12, approaching one minute into the third. Top of the key, Jed Wilson guarded by Furby. Furby, or Furby guarding Jed Wilson. A foul called as Jed Wilson knocks down the left elbow jump shot, and she'll get a free throw and try to complete the three-point play. Foul was on Colclaw, who came over to try to help Furby out off the screen. And it's the second foul on Colclaw, first foul of the second half. Jed Wilson picks up where she left off in the first half. She's into double figures, free throw on the way, and it's good. She's got 12 points. And one Charlotte for one. down, cuts the lead to three. First yeah. free throw. Yeah, one for one for Charlotte. Marshall, five for 11 from the three, from the three throw line. A huge disparity in this ball game. Dunham at the right wing, feeds it inside, right block to Colclaw, back out front to Roper. Roper puts the ball on the floor, now hands it off to Colclaw, who drives to the left block, kicks it out. Wheeler drives inside, floater in the lane, good. Good awareness by Wheeler to float it over top of the outstretched arm of McKinney, who tried to come over to block the shot. Wheeler has 12, Marshalls back up five. Wheeler just surpassed the record, 14th at all-time points. Busick. Can't answer with a deep three from the top of the key, and Furby's got the defensive rebound. Marshall quickly the other way. Dunham crosses half court. Gets a roper screen, steps back, in and out dribble. Gets to the left block now. Gets it to Colclaw, who cuts inside back out to Dunham. Two minutes in, second half, Marshall up five. Wheeler drives middle, cut off by McMillan. Now out to Furby at the right wing. Furby drives middle, spins in the lane. Right-handed shot up over McKinney, no good. Ball tipped around into the hands of J.C. Busick for Charlotte. Marshall softball team began the 2022 season on the road at the Buzz Classic Tournament hosted by Georgia Tech. The herd left this past weekend with three wins and one loss. 
and now sets its focus toward the Battle of the Beach Tournament hosted by Coastal Carolina this weekend. Andrew Rogers here with head coach Megan Smith-Lyon. Uh, coach, first weekend's in the books. First and foremost, so glad to say everyone was safe uh, from the accident. I know that affected Sunday's game, but a 3-1 and one start. Obviously, I have to first ask you about Sydney Nestor. Wins Conference USA Pitcher of the Week. Had an incredible week. What was that like to see her put that kind of performance together? It was impressive. I mean, you know, we are really confident in Sydney and her ability, and I've seen her um, look really strong in fall games and in practices. Uh, you know, but you never know what's going to happen when it's it's time to go, when it's, you know, uh, game time. And um, she was phenomenal. I mean, her demeanor in the circle, she was confident, she was strong, she was in control 100% of the time, which is very difficult for a pitcher to do. And um, she did it every time she was out there. So really proud of her. I'm really excited to see her have that success early. And, you know, I think she's hungry to continue to do it. You know, I think that her... Her big thing is um, being striving for excellence consistently, and I think that um, that that's the exciting thing for us is to watch her to continue to do that. I think she's going to. Many of the returning players in the in the batting order had success. Harold Stevenson, Adams, Pye, they all homered uh, this week. Another newcomer that kind of stood out, I think, Lauren Love, three hits and six abs, including yeah. a home run. So, what's that like for you as a coach? knowing, okay, I've got two newcomers that really made an impact week one. Yeah, you know, big. Uh, Lauren has been one of our strongest offensive players at practice, you know, all of January, and she had a great fall too. And, you know, she's just a tough, tough player, both on defense and as a hitter. Um, you know, she's a, a hitter that pitchers will struggle to pitch to. You know, she's um, she's got – she's strong. She can hit any pitch. Um, you know, and she's, she's small, but she has a big presence in the box. And uh, it was awesome to see her step up and, and do so well in her first weekend. A lot of times freshmen are a little nervous, and she showed none of that. She uh, stepped in and was an attack mindset in the box, and she, uh, she really did well. We're excited for her. Uh, offensively, especially to start the first game, get off to the good start, eight runs all by the long ball. Did that really set the tone, you think, for the weekend, getting that first game under your belt and then kind of help you guys settle in for the other three games? Yeah, you know, I do. I think that first game helped us, you know, help, helped set the tone, but kind of helped um, get the season started. I mean, you know, I think with Sydney's... The Marshall Thunder Herd welcomed the East Division leading Charlotte 49ers into the Cam Henderson Center on Saturday. In the opening minutes of the ball game, both teams were not able to get a basket in the net. The first points of the afternoon came from Octavia Jet Wilson to give the 49ers an early 2-0 lead. Both teams now a combined 0-4-11 from the field as McMillan dribbles the basketball at the left wing, gets to the free throw line. Now back out front to Williams. Williams will hand it back off to McMillan at the top of the key. Shot clock down to eight. Jet Wilson in the right corner. Dribbles it back out front. Shot clock down to five. Jet Wilson wants a double screen. Comes off the right side, drives inside. Floater in the lane, good. Marshall got its first field goal on a Savannah Wheeler three-pointer to give Marshall a 4-2 lead. At the end of the first quarter, Marshall led 6-2. At the start of the second quarter, Charlotte's Octavia Jet Wilson would drain a three-pointer to trim Marshall's lead to one. And a few minutes later, Charlotte was able to take the lead on a J.C. Busick three-pointer. Jet Wilson drawing the basketball out front. She's the only player to score for Charlotte so far. Draws a lot of attention, kicks it out. Busick, top of the key three. Yes! Savannah Wheeler quickly responded with a layup to tie the game at eight. Marshall began an offensive run with two layups from Kennedy Coclaw. At the half, Marshall led by four. With 5.54 remaining in the third quarter, Coclaw got a jumper off a step back, expanding Marshall's lead to three. At the end of the third quarter, Marshall led by four points. Early in the fourth quarter, Marshall would drain its second three-pointer of the game, off an Alexis Johnson three. Wheeler gets a screen from Furby, drives, kicks it out. Alexis Johnson left corner three, swish. 
finally a three goes down for the herd. The second three, first from Johnson. Marshall back up seven. In the final seconds of the ball game, the 49ers had multiple chances to win the game. However, no shot would fall, sending the game into overtime, tied at 33. In the final seconds of overtime, Savannah Wheeler would drain a basket, which was initially ruled as a three-pointer, but after the review, was ruled as two points. In the final milliseconds of the game, Brianna Furby would have an attempt at a jumper to win the ball game, but would fall just short. Marshall lost by a final score of 39-37 to in overtime to the Charlotte 49ers and fell to 11-9 on the season and 6-5 in conference play. For FM88 Sports, I'm Justin Zimmer. Marshall football takes the field for the 2022 season with high expectations as the program enters the Sun Belt Conference. Marshall returns star running back Rasheen Ali, who led the nation in rushing touchdowns a season ago. To Ali, Ali, juke pass one defender, still on his feet, 35-30, Ali at the 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Marshall. Marshall also returns star wideout to Lee Keaton. 10 and counting now as 2.13 on the clock, Wells will drop back. Looking downfield, fires deep. Talit Keaton's wide open, he's got it. Caught for a touchdown, Talit Keaton, a 46-yard touchdown. This Saturday, Marshall football returns back to Huntington for Senior Day against the Georgia State Panthers. Pre-game coverage begins at 11 a.m. Kickoff scheduled for noon. From the pre-game show to the post-game show, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network is your home to listen to Marshall football in the Sun Belt Conference. Right here on WTHM, Ravenswood, West Virginia. Coach, congratulations, huge win. You guys, uh, early on in, the, in, in that first half, Glenville, we knew Glenville was going to push you hard, and they did in that first half. Well, Glenville's a good, good ball. First of all, they're a good ball club and, and a good coach, and he's from Mullins. He has to be good, right? <laughs> so uh, uh, they, they played well. Uh, uh, we, we came out pretty good, started jumbling the lineup a little bit. We lost our momentum. But, uh, again, they, they won their last four games, and they spread the floor, and they, Bunch of guys undersized a little bit, and they're quick, and they get to the basket, and when they shoot threes, they make them. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a pretty good combination. But, uh, you know, I thought the second half, we came out the second half, we put that group together. It was five, and they broke it wide open. And, and that, that's that's who they can be. But, you know, they this team made you play with the effort. You know, if you don't put the effort in, they get scholarships. They got a good coach. So you, you don't. And put you know effort. they play in a competitive conference too. Well, so yeah. Yeah, and they just beat I think Fairmont, who was ranked yeah, yeah. in the ranked in the uh, country mm -hmm. uh, in their division. So you know it's a good ball club, and uh, and they're older. They're all junior college guys that are older. So you know it, it was what it was. It, it it served its purpose, and that was got to play everybody. You know this time of year you want to play everybody, and we helped uh, in state school to come and be a part of us, so we put our name out there. So when we built the uh, schedule, that was its purpose, and it certainly served that. How important was it to have that game? Now you go into Christmas and you start your conference play against Appalachian State here at home. Uh, it, real good. I mean, I, we're 11-2. and two. They asked me what grade would I give ourselves. I'd say a B because I, I thought we could be undefeated. But uh, we lost that close opener, had two looks at it, could have won. Good team. They're 9-3. and three. Mm -hmm. And uh, up in the NET, they're, they're a good ball club. Used to winning. We called them at a bad time. But uh, then we didn't take our game to the Greensboro, which was a little bit more disappointing. But, uh, again, it's a good B, solid B. we got to get better and 
turn it into an A and see what we can do in these in this conference. Tavion goes for 25 uh, last game against Toledo in this one. He came out a little slow, but he was he was dishing the ball everywhere, and that's what allowed Taylor to have such a good start at this ball game. And, and that's the way Tavion is. Yeah. Tavion is totally a martial young man. And he pushes the team. He pushes players around him. He wants them to enjoy the same success that he has. And he helps them as much as he can. And, uh, you know, uh, he's a quality, quality young man. And he's aggressive, does what he does. You know, he's, he's going to be that way. And he's a bulldog. He's going to be aggressive. And Cam gives us his three-point shooting and makes him spread the floor. Hand logged and is super fine, you know, just good hands, runs the floor. You know, he's, he's pretty aggressive. Uh, you you wouldn't think of him as being aggressive, but he's kind of a little nasty. Yeah. <laughs> and then I thought this last uh, game, last couple of games, Obina had really turned his game up. This tonight he got his offensive game going. I think he had turned his defensive game up the last two, but this time he got his shot back. And, and if he brings it to the level and everybody stays where they are, then we're going to be a tough out, so we'll see what happens. Coach, congratulations on the win. You go 11-2 into Christmas. You're sitting on Santa's lap. What are you asking? Uh, you know what? I've been blessed. I, I think Santa's wore out helping me. <laughs> he, he, he needs that. I, I, I wish him on everybody else. I, uh, you know, I just I, I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And You know, herd's looking good. We won down in uh, the beach, and we got a lot of good things going on here with uh, – uh, upgrading the facilities and, and doing things from Christian uh, Spears and, and Brad Smith and can't do anything more than help uh, and thank them and, and uh, just you know I'm a proud to be a Marshall graduate and alum and just want to see good things happen to Marshall. Yeah, that's a good looking floor here a lot of great renovations yep. and makes for a great playing atmosphere coach congratulations big win Merry Christmas to you and the family and uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, Merry every, Christmas coach. Every, thank you everybody run with the herd Let's bring on the hurt guard. <laughs> All right, there you go, <laughs> Coach Dandy and Tony. We'll take a final break. We'll come back and wrap it up. Marshall win 99-73 as you listen to Marshall men's basketball on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network.